Welcome to the Faith Radio Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. For this series, we're reading through the first six chapters of Daniel, and our hope is that as we study the lives of Daniel and his friends, you will be encouraged to stand up for your faith while also exhibiting courage, wisdom, and respect. Today, we're looking at Daniel chapter 2. Joining me each episode is University of Northwestern Bible professor Anna Rask. Hi. Welcome, Anna. Thank you. Glad to be here again. Okay, so last episode we saw Daniel and his friends who are, I can never remember their Hebrew names, Shadrach, Reshach, Meshach, I know, I, I, I'm... <laughs> Those are the names I remember learning <laughs> as a kid, too. So I'm like, yeah, Mishael. And yeah, yeah I, I struggle with the Hebrew names. Yeah. <laughs> so we saw them taken from Judah mm-hmm. into Babylon, gone, and they've gone through a re-education process. And so then where do we find them in chapter 2? Yeah, scholars question this a little bit. I, I get the sense he's probably recently graduated out okay. of that three-year three year process. And so we'll hear... Uh, the the four of them regarded as wise men. Uh, okay. They've been trained in all the arts and uh, literature of the time and the religious uh, uh, divination practices as well. Right. And so if you did not hear <laughs> the episode for chapter one, go back and listen. It was so interesting that the, that whole education process. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that was amazing. It's kind of brainwashing, if we're honest. Mm-hmm. It's It's a very I mean, this is what they want them to know. Yeah. So are there things that you think that we should know as we go into chapter two? Yeah, if I can set the stage a little bit uh, of how this uh, chapter begins, uh, we're going to see the level of pressure to conform increase and where it actually is a threat upon these men's lives. So Nebuchadnezzar has a dream and we know that he's very troubled by it, and he seems to regard this dream as an omen from the gods, that some god is trying to communicate to him, and he wants to know what it means, and he's troubled by the content of it. So he's uh, calling all of probably the people that fall under the category of wise men, he calls his magicians, his enchanters, his sorcerers, to interpret the dream. But he breaks what is the traditional protocol by not even telling them what the dream was about. And that was not what they learned in school. They have to know what the dream is about in order to interpret the meaning of the dream. And he wants them to do both. And that was not done. That's that's a big (laughs) ask. It's like, yeah, I got a dream. I want you to interpret it, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. Yeah, You tell me what I dreamt and then what it means. Yeah, that's (laughs) for them a seemingly impossible task. And then he adds, oh, by the way, if you can't do it, I'll kill you. So it's like, uh, hold on. We didn't prepare for this. We did not train for this. No. It's almost like a test. It's yeah, like I think he's, testing, he's tre- testing their truthfulness. I mean, you could probably pretty easily lie and be like, yes, mm-hmm. this is what your dream means, right. O king. Uh, only he knows what it means. And so he is, tre- in essence, testing their validity mm-hmm. uh, of what, th- what they can and cannot do. And they utterly fail. <laughs> they can't <laughs> do it. And so he pushes forth to say, Okay, I'm putting you guys to death. And we learn that Daniel and his friends are included amongst that group that is slated to be put to death. And uh, so clearly they had been trained in some form of divination. And dreams and vision were common means of identif- uh, of divination in the ancient Near East. And um, you could 
try to solicit having a dream by going through a bunch of like rituals and rites, but Nebuchadnezzar's dream seemingly was unsolicited. He just fell asleep and he had the dream. I, I, I do want to mention that dreams and their interpretation is one mode of divine revelation uh, and divination that was accepted both by Babylon and by Israel. There's a lot of divination practices that Babylon practiced that Israel was strictly not allowed to do. And uh, things like astrology, necromancy, and the grossest one, but it's actually the most important one. I mentioned briefly last time, it's called expistacy. And literally, they would cut open animals and they would examine their livers and intestines. And all other forms of divination had to be confirmed by that form of divination. But God had told Israel, you're not going to do that. So if you read the Levitical law carefully, they had to burn the intestines of their sacrificial animals. So there was no temptation to look at the livers or the intestines. That's interesting. I don't know that I have ever heard that before. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I don't want to practice it. <laughs> no, sounds disgusting. I don't even know that I've heard that as a... Yeah. As a practice, mm-hmm. it was it's it was the most important one. All other divination had to be confirmed by that, uh, and Israel wasn't allowed to do it. Mm-hmm. The only things that Israel was allowed to do was um, God would speak through dreams. He'd speak through Which his prophets. Yep. Do all, You're going to see yeah. so many times, at least in Daniel and other places. And this uh, other practice that was a little confusing is called the umim and tumim. And the high priest would hold them. They're seemingly these dark and light stones that would help okay. them understand the will of God. That's a little bit mysterious. Scholars don't fully understand how that worked, but those were the only three things they could practice. So it's interesting that God gives Nebuchadnezzar a dream, which is the one area where Israelite divination and Babylonian divination crosses over. So that's where that's so yeah, Daniel steps in and he's like, well, I'm technically allowed to practice that as a Jew mm-hmm. and help me understand it. That's where he is now called upon. Either he's going to die or he has to figure out what the dream was and what it means. That's amazing. Yeah. So what is it? So keep going. Yeah. What does he do? (laughs) What does he do? Uh, Well, we're back to the idea of wisdom, tact, and respect. Uh, This guy named Ariok, uh, the commander of the king's guard, comes to, in essence, put Daniel to death and his friends. But I like to say that Daniel is calm, cool, and collected here. He he speaks to Ariok with wisdom and tact, just like he did in chapter one, and he's modeling very good godly behavior and he first is like okay calm down what has happened so apparently he was because he wasn't called initially to interpret the dream so what led to this decree uh what happened to the king so the first thing he does is he gets permission to have a chance before he's just put to death. Can Mm -hmm. I have a chance to see if I can figure this out? I mean, we'll see that Daniel is not presuming that that he can figure it out, but that God knows. Right. Right. And so I love, I don't know, but I know someone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And I love what he and his friends do. Uh, the first thing they do when they get permission is they pray. And, I admit that is not always my first action. When I figure out how to solve something, I try to go do it. I'm maybe more a little bit action. I, I want to figure this out, but I go try to solve the problem. But Daniel could have been like, okay, I think we studied this in year one. Let me go check my books or something like that. My study notes, my resources, but mm-hmm. he doesn't. He and his friends pray and ask God for help. 
And that's the first thing they do. And I think that's just a very telling action Mm -hmm. for all of us. Well, after all of the reprogramming and Mm -hmm. reconditioning that happened, that that still, still, they still go to their go-god. Yeah, it it shows you that although they were re-educated, their their convictions haven't changed. Maybe they've even gotten stronger because they've been exposed to right. everything else. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So we see God's faithful. He provides. And that night, Daniel receives a vision. And another great habit we see after he re- receives the vision, the first thing he does is he praises God. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I might be like, wow, I, I got the answer to my prayer. Let me go solve this then. But he stops and he, he literally, the whole prayer is written. He praises God for his power and his wisdom. He knew he couldn't do it. God alone could do it. And so we see him consistently giving God the glory. He freely acknowledges this wasn't him. God let him know the dream and its interpretation. That was so convicting that mm-hmm. his dream, to me personally, that the first thing he did was praise God mm-hmm. for the answer. Prayer and praise. <laughs> yes. And I realized like as I since I've read it, as I've gone on and I've prayed for things that I've I've seen how I haven't mm-hmm. done that. And so it's been an, a good check of you know, I pray something God answers it and to pause. Yeah. And to Give thank him thanks. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he could have been like, "Oh, yes, I figured it out." I'm going to run to the king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm going to get the glory. No, he, he, he gives the glory to God. And surprisingly, this pagan king actually praises Daniel's God. And right. he's like, yeah, your God is a revealer of mysteries. That's awesome. I mean, um, can you imagine what was it, that was like for Nebuchadnezzar? I mean, he's putting this test out. Yeah. We don't know what's in his mind, but maybe thinking they're never going to be able to mm-hmm. answer it. And then someone does. Yeah. yeah. And someone who you That's know scary. doesn't who worship knows your, your God. Yeah. Yeah. And... I mean, I don't think it was incredibly problematic that someone else with a different God told him the meaning of his dream because he's a polytheist. He'd be like, okay, well, there's lots sure. of gods. Mm-hmm. So I, we're going to see this transformation in Nebuchadnezzar, and he's not there yet. But um, I think it wasn't too hard for him to be like, oh, okay, another God was able to do this? All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. See, we start to see a little inkling of the mm-hmm. change. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so what I think is interesting is that in the book of Daniel, even though they're giving these Babylonian names, mm-hmm. is that he almost always refers to himself as Daniel. Yeah. And I mentioned in episode one or the first chapter that one's name was intricately connected to their identity. It also contained typically the name of their deity. And so Daniel gets this new name, Belshazzar, that has to do with a reference probably to Bel, meaning lord or master, uh, and a reference to Marduk, the Babylonian god. Uh, but I would have to believe that he likes to still include his Hebrew name because that's who he is. That mm-hmm. is his identity. It includes his god's name, and maybe it was a way to just retain that. Uh, We do see Belshazzar occurring every so often in the book. Uh, We see that in chapter four, Nebuchadnezzar calls Daniel by that name. And he says like, oh, Belshazzar, you have the spirit of the holy gods within you. And so that might be just still a message about where uh, where Nebuchadnezzar is at. He still believes that Daniel has this godly spirit, not necessarily for his, the god of the the Jews, but Mm -hmm. he's like, I know Daniel's special. He's got some some uh, deities behind him or something. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then we also hear this Babylonian name mentioned in chapters 5 and 10. We don't know why these uh, occur in these chapters, but it does remind you as you read later in the book, you're like, oh yeah, that was Daniel's name that he was given when he got here as a teenager. And now, especially in chapter 10, he's an old man and he's still living in exile in a foreign court. Wow. And yeah. still, and remains faithful. Yeah. That's what I think is yeah. amazing. Yeah, um, amazingly remains faithful in his old age. Yeah. Oh, Lord, let that, <laughs> let me be like that too, yeah, Lord, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so as we're looking at this passage, when I think we've touched on all of the study guide questions, but the last one is, how might this passage encourage you regarding any difficult circumstances you're facing? Does it help to know that God is in control of the future? So how would you? Yeah. And part of that question is actually related to the content of the dream. And we didn't really (laughs) dive into the content, but the content had to do with these rising and falling empires uh, and that Nebuchadnezzar is is not God. He's not going to rule forever. It's God's kingdom that rules forever. And. So not only this control of God knows these coming and going human rulers, but he's, yeah, the revealer of mysteries and uh, that Daniel gives him credit for it. He gives him all the glory and praise. And I think that's just a great example, Um, not only how to react in certain situations like the prayer and praise, but also uh, knowing that God is in control of past, present and future. And I believe Daniel chapter two, especially in the dream shows us, God's got the future. He he knows what's happening. I mean, Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. So true. And and we're going to see some Daniel go through some difficult things. Yeah. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. But God is with them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us for today's episode, looking at chapter two of Daniel. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do that so you don't miss any episodes tomorrow. We will be talking about Daniel chapter 3. I hope you'll join us. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. Special thanks to Professor Anna Rask. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at myfaithradio.com. 